Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from heaven. Praise God on the heights. Praise God, all you who are his messengers. Praise God, all you who comprise his heavenly forces. Sun and moon, praise God. All of you bright stars, praise God. You highest heaven, praise God. Do the same, you waters and that are above the sky. Let us all praise these, uh, let all of these praises the Lord's name, because God gave the command and they were created. God set them in a place always and forever. God made a law that will not be broken. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all the oceans deep. Do the same fire and hail, snow and smoke, stormy wind that does what God says. Do the same, you mountains in every hill, fruit trees in every single cedar. Do the same, you animals, wild or tame, you creatures that creep along and you birds that fly. Do the same, you kings of the earth and every single person, you princes and every single ruler on earth. You do the same, you young men, young women too, you who are old together and you who are young. Let all these praises, the, let, let all of these praise the Lord's name because only God's name is high over all. Only God's majesty is over the earth and heaven. God raised the strength of his people, the praise of all of his faithful ones, that is the Israelites, the people who are close to him. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Natasha. Um, I don't know if you caught it earlier that today is Sunday, and the P is silent in that Sunday, Psalm Sunday. Uh, it's the Sunday of all songs, motivated, inspired by the Psalms, Israel's psalm book. It's kind of a fun attempt that we throw at our musical directors to see uh, what they'll do with it. And they've jumped at the opportunity over the years. It's always fascinating also to see how fertile the words of that psalm book have uh, become for our songs that we sing. Familiar ones, unfamiliar ones, new ones. How they still speak our language of our hearts and how they still contribute to our formation as whole people created by God and experiencing the breath of human experience with God. Go through the Psalms and you'll hear joy, you'll hear pain, you'll hear lament, fear, triumph, and of course praise. So if you want to know how to praise God, the Psalms is your spot to flip open in your Bible. Today we open up one of the last five psalms in this hymnal. This last section is almost ex exclusively reserved for praise. These last psalms in uh, psalms, more than 150 psalms. Psalm 148 gives a repeated and an extended discourse on what it means to live a life of praise before God. It's a call for all creatures to praise God and to gather up creation's praise. I don't know if you've ever considered that as the human task, to gather up creation's praise. It starts and ends, simply enough, as Natasha read, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, right? PTL, right? 
But what's lost in that translation is, is the rhythm, the cadence, the emotion of that original language, and this is also familiar to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a sort of command. It looks out at the world and says, hey, you, praise God. Hey, you, praise the Lord. It's kind of a hallelujah, y'all. I was counting our y'all count. It's very high today. Uh, This is a, a litany of praise, and there are two sections. There's a creation section, and there's a humanity section. This whole thing kind of feels like a callback to the creation story where we've been the, the last couple weeks. Naming the features of creation. The way sun and moon and stars bear witness to God's faithfulness. The darkness of the night sky reminds us that that, that void and that chaos is terrifying, but it's still under God's authority. Even, even chaos is God's business. Again, I, I think of Psalm 139. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. Chaos and disorder are limited and placed and contained, but not eliminated in God's world. We also sing and we praise and we remember the way light was separated from dark and sky from land. This is all very Genesis 1. We are being thrust back into a world in which God gave the command and they were created, the psalm says. This is, this is kind of like Natasha going halfway across the world to be thrust back into a world with soil, like where she grew up, right? Every time we encounter this, it is a reminder and it, it brings us back. It brings us back to this place, this place where for all its disobedience and all its brokenness, The psalm says, God set them in place always and forever. God made a law and it will not be broken, even in this place. These are reminders that God and creation should lace our imagination and our experience of praise in this world. Then this praise chorus echoes the way God invited the first humans into this work of creation. Not that humans are the creators, but we get to name things. That's pretty exciting. Um, kind of a deep cut this week. Go listen to Bob Dylan's song, Man Gave Name to All the Animals. We're working it into our Godly Play curriculum. It's wonderful. It's great. It's kooky. Um, but in that naming, God has included us in this work and has, has begun us in our task of paying attention. The psalmist names even the sea monsters. Did you catch that? Sea monsters in our psalms? How many CCLI top 40 praise songs these days have sea monsters? There should be more. At least, at least one out of 150 some odd, right? Also names the elements, smoke, fire, hail, the mountains, the molehills, wild and not so wild animals, creepy things and flying things, and maybe flying things that are also kind of creepy, I don't know. Um, You get the sense that this song is getting kind of out of hand, and maybe it well should. Frederick Buechner, one of my favorite writers, he writes about this sort of praise sensibility. This is an, an invitation to join the cosmos in giving praise to God. He says that this invitation is about as measured as 
a volcanic eruption. And there's no implication that under any circumstances it can be anything other than what it is. He goes on and he says, we learn to praise God not by paying compliments to God, but by paying attention. He says, watch how the trees exalt when the wind is in them. Mark utter stillness of the great blue heron in the swamp. Listen to the sound of the rain. Learn how to say hallelujah from the ones who say it right. It reminds me uh, also of uh, one of my favorite poets who, who, who this just is thread throughout all of her work, Mary Oliver, and um, she has a poem called Messenger. And if, if you let me uh, share that. She says, my work is loving the world, this created world. My work is loving this world. Here the sunflowers, there the hummingbird, equal seekers of sweetness. Here the quickening yeast, there the blue plums. Here the clam deep in the speckled sand. And then she starts to get distracted. She says, are my boots old? Is my coat torn? Am I no longer young and still not half perfect? Let me keep my mind on what matters, which is my work which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. The Phoebe, the Delphinium, the sheep of the pasture, the pasture, which is mostly rejoicing since all ingredients are there, which is gratitude to be given a mind and a heart in these body clothes, a mouth which can give shouts of joy to the moth and the wren and the sleepy dug up clam, telling them all over and over how it is that we live forever. I think Mary's right. To tell the moth and the wren and the clam, Alleluia, y'all. Join me in praising the Lord is in some small way to anticipate and, and to participate in living forever. We, we take up our everlasting work even now, already. You see, when you chart out eternity, it starts now and even before, right? I admire her ability and her willingness to take the lead in that chorus because all too often I need those things around me to help remind me and to invite me to sing. I get distracted like she does too. Are my, are my boots old or is my, are my pants torn? Am I not young anymore? But then she falls back into praising. I think, I, ironically, it is like pro-level hallelujahing when small things like this can elicit our praise. It's a sign of, of, it's actually a sign of maturity. It's actually a sign of attention. It's a sign of getting better at praising when small things elicit your praise, not just grand canyons or super moons or ocean horizons, though they all deserve all the praise that we have. But when we can walk around praising God as part of creation here, it allows us to rejoin the creation that we so often take ourselves out of or leave behind or hurt from our thoughtlessness. It lets us, and we do this every week around this table with these ordinary elements, it lets us be in communion with the God who takes and blesses and breaks and gives us this marvelous creation. 
but it is also harder. This has a preventative uh, measure. It's harder to hurt something or someone when you pay closer attention to it. It's easier to trash a place that you don't care about and you don't think that you're going to come back to, right? So here's, here's kind of the actionable for this week, guys. Go on a walk and open up your senses to the gifts of the God of creation all around, even here. And respond with a breath prayer as you're walking. You can do this inside your house, too, if you're a great indoors person, right? But definitely go outside sometimes. <laughs> this breath prayer is something as simple as, Alleluia blank. Like, Alleluia rock. <laughs> uh, Alleluia tree. And then see how much you can see and how long this is going to take you because you could do it the whole way. Smile at this inexhaustible prayer and all of these manifold praise partners along the way. And then the psalm shifts to a litany for humanity. It seems right and good that humanity follows this ridiculous creational lead. In some ways that in our creation stories that we've been reading, it, it, it caught me the last couple weeks, the phrase, each as to their kind as God creates. That creation story, each as unto their kind, opens up so many possibilities, so much diversity, so much particularity to our praise. It really is inexhaustible. That little phrase has often been meant to keep things tidy and in order and keep people and things separate and in their place, but maybe instead it's meant to accent difference for the sake of this like stereo sound panoply of praise. It's just bigger and more intricate than we could even imagine. So we have to, we, we, we have to tune in, we have to, to lean in. It's like a, a symphony with, with different instruments and sections all playing together for a rich whole. This is how humanity joins in this praise course of creation. The psalm says, every human. And then it begins to explicate. Kings, subjects, princes, rulers, young, old, Women and men, God is over all and God is in all. So, alleluia, y'all, is what it's saying. And the vision kind of catches drafts off of, of Isaiah 60, where all the kings of the earth uh, flock to Zion to give their gifts. I don't know if you've, you've read that section lately. It's pretty astonishing. Far, far and wide, and they all come with their own things. Coastal kings bring all their coastal stuff. Uh, desert kings bring the greatest riches they have. This um, every summer, I get together with some of my college buds still, uh, and and uh, we kind of joke that this is like an Isaiah 60 thing because we always bring like the best coffee from our city, and you know the Kentucky guys always re regale everyone with their whiskey and stuff. Uh, and so it, it is this idea that these these places and their particularities really bear beauty, and the kings and those in charge and privileged enough to tap into that beauty need to bring it and present it in praise. Uh, and I think this is this is good news that these kings are included in this praise chorus. It's good news because it puts checks on the lesser news of folks in authority. To praise God means to remember that God is, is Lord, 
it's this order of command, and namely that we're not at the top of that org chart, no matter how important we think we are, or what our CV says, or our job description, or the little Chiron at the bottom of cable news, or whatever. The psalm says, only God's majesty is over earth and heaven. Only God's majesty is over earth and heaven. And that hits hard because the psalm's subtext is all about kingship. The expectation and the coming of the king of creation, the anointed one who will make all things right, and then we, we get psalms written by this sub-king David who is an imperfect king but lets us in on all these secrets of the emotional life of a king with God, what that sounds like, what that looks like. And ultimately the, the psalms are about a king because they, they become the very words of King Jesus. Like Jesus is, is, is such that when you prick him, the psalms come out. He, he is baptized with the words of Psalm 2, you are my son, all of these echoes and resonances. He embodies the Psalm 23 of the Good Shepherd, which we'll hear at communion. And on the cross, when pressed, when crushed, Psalm 22 comes out of his mouth. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he, when he gives himself over, Psalm 31 comes out, into your hands I commit my spirit. As Jesus is resurrected and ascended, he's fulfilling the, the words of Psalm 68, that he is ascended on high and uses the earth as his footstool. He's in charge of everything and gives good gifts to his people. So we see these psalms, and Bonhoeffer uh, talks about this, that, that uh, when we read these psalms, we imagine them coming out of Jesus' mouth. So here our psalm closes with another reminder of God's in-chargeness, God's sovereignty, God's care over all creation. It kind of uh, translated flat that, that God would be um, in the praises of his people or whatever, but the, the Hebrew says that God raises the horn of his people. This is really rich language. This is a, a victory celebration. This is the raising the bull after battle but it's reserved for those who are close to God. It says, the Israelites, those who are close to me. So for as bombastic as this psalm is, as radically broad and expansive this vision and imagination for praise has to be, the psalm ends in this, this gentle, intimate whisper for those who know God, for those who are forming their lives into a life of praise, who, 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 can, who can sing that praise in minor and major chords, right? Um, and whose attentions and affections are growing for this whole creation. Will you all pray with me? Lord Jesus, we do give you thanks and praise. God, we thank you for your creativity and your generosity. Thank you that we can't exhaust um, opportunities to praise you. Help us grow in our attention and our capacity and our imagination. Give us hearts of thankfulness. Give us hearts that grieve the ways that this creation is being hurt. 
And Lord, continue to include us in this creative work, this work of putting things to rights, this work of new creation in this place. Thanks for the, the words. Thanks for the songs. Thanks for the vocabulary to praise you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.